Welcome to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Legendary Gear, the game call company that is a legend by design. Well, folks, I got again this week. I brought back my good friend, Jason Pollock. Now, Jason and I have been waterfowl hunters together. We've turkey hunted together. Jason's on a new venture that I think is cool as heck. I've looked at it myself, but it's definitely been a new trend. I've seen it out here in Iowa, and uh, it's basically uh, dog tracking um, with wounded deer. And Jason's gone full-blown into this thing, and, and it's become such an art, but even to the type of dogs that they have and the training. So, Jason, welcome back. I appreciate you coming back again. And uh, we're going to turn the, the, the cogs here a little bit, and we're going to change the subject. And something that you really, you're spending a lot of time with right now, your wife and your whole family, it's got all part of this, but the dog tracking. So, uh, you want to kind of talk about that? Absolutely, George. I appreciate you having me back on. So the uh, leash dog tracking, every state in the United States that uh, has white-tailed deer, bear, they, they have, most of the states, I shouldn't say all of them, do allow tracking. Different states have different laws and different rules. But uh, here in New York, we have what they call leash tracking. So you got to go through a uh, state exam to become certified. They the nice thing about New York State is being certified through the state, you also have the uh, ability to dispatch. Some of the other states you can track with your dogs, but you're not allowed to dispatch. I'll get into that a little more a little later on. But uh, as far as New York State goes, the uh, the reason I got into the whole deer tracking side of it, I had a uh, I purchased a dog. Five years ago now, his name was Burke, and he was a puppy. And the, the, the gentleman that I bought him from asked me if I would uh, run Burke through what they called a uh, testing phase. It's a natural ability testing. Basically, shows how their kennel does with their dogs through the testing side of it. So I thought that was great. And, again, I truly believe that in order to become better, you get around people that are already better than you to show you how to do things at a different level. So going through this testing phase, anyways, that uh, training for the arm rooster, which was one of the, the testing that we went through. We uh, we did training as far as pointing. We did training as far as uh, retrieving water. But one of my things that I really took an interest to was the tracking side of it. So on the, uh, the tracking side of it, you used a duck. They drug a duck, they drug a rabbit, and you had to bring your dog in blind, and the dog had to follow this track. So that was through that, and then uh, a lot of the guys were training for a higher level for the dogs to go through, and in part of that was blood tracking, which I found really neat. A lot of the, the places that I went, I did my training, and then I actually helped lay blood tracks for some of the other guys where their dogs were more advanced. So as we worked through that, laying the blood tracks and talking with the guys that were training the dogs for this, it, it really became interesting. So after Burke had finished up on his side of his natural ability training and uh we moved forward into this other training we went through it and burke burke did phenomenal we were we were laying out lines of 600 800 yard blood tracks and burke was able to go through and then i found out about new york state having the lease tracking law so looking into it farther the uh to be able to track in new york state your dog has to be on a lead that, ha that can be no longer than 30 feet. I, I mean, it's, there's several different things that go into it, but the first year that I went through, I took the exam. I got certified in New York state. 
and uh, Burke and I, we went out and we did several tracks, and it was it was remarkable on how a dog uses its nose to track track pretty much anything, but to, to track the wounded game. And uh, so once we got into the the tracking side of it, what really stood out to me is searching for the deer is very enjoyable. But not only searching for the deer, but the excitement of the hunter who has lost an animal that now we have been able to come in and recover the animal. That, to me, was what drove me to the next level. I mean, anybody that's ever hunted deer long enough has lost a deer. And they, everybody knows that sick feeling, not only of losing the animal, but not knowing if the animal is going to perish. If it has perished, is it's going to get wasted or whatnot. So that, that, to me, to be able to come in and recover the animal for the hunter is what it's all about. So in your first year, you had quite a bit of success with Burke, and and I've met Burke. He, he's a he's a unique dog. He is uh, he's quite the character. He did he ever have a deer in his first season that you couldn't find that that you knew was dead but couldn't find, or does it pretty much if they're dead they're going to find it? There's always there's always a situation that you'll you'll come upon to where the deer is dead and there's a possibility that you and your, your dog will not find it. I mean, you're never a hundred percent. Anybody that says they're a hundred percent, I don't think they, I don't know. To me, no, you're, I don't think that there is a hundred percent out there. There's a lot of situations that we come into that, uh, we don't find a deer. You have a lot of people that when they hit a deer, if you get a high hit, a shoulder hit, there's sometimes that the, the deer, does not perish, does not die. It'll recover from it and it'll last throughout the season. But generally, when we go into a situation, we try to, to interview the hunter, try to go through and see what the hunter remembers about the hit, the animal's reaction. We try to locate the arrow. If they have the arrow, we try to look at it. It's, it's basically a very thorough interview process of the hunter and his hunt. And that's so interesting. So going through that. Right. Go ahead. That's uh, interesting because, you know, when you get started, say, and I, a lot of times you probably know this, that a lot of guys, they'll tell you that they hit the deer better than what they actually did, and they know he's dead, and so you're sitting there saying, okay, because you weren't there, and maybe the arrow isn't there, and, you know, the lack of blood or whatever, but what, when, do, when do we get to the point that you finally say, I'm going to pull the dog off, that this deer isn't going to die? Is there a point there, or did it just, you go to there's no more track? So a lot of times when you're, when you're going through a situation like that, we'll find beds or we will kick the animal up. And when we kick an animal up, if the bed that the animal comes out of, looking at that and making that kind of a situation, we'll make the call on whether to pull the dog and end the track. Sometimes we'll pull the dog and the track that day and come back the next day. Oh, gotcha. A lot of, lot of different things that roll into it. Like I said, the the first year I was out there, I was very, very green in the whole situation. Burke and I went on several tracks. We recovered several deer, but it was a learning process. It was a, not only a learning process on how to track deer, but it was a learning process on how to read my dog, how to read the hunters, how to read the situation. Going back, like I said, into this, I, I had been a deer hunter for several years. I was very good at tracking deer, or so I thought. And... uh me as a, a, a hunter and a tracker, 
all that did was complicate tracking with a dog. The reason I say that is you, you get into a situation to where you track a deer as a human and you're 99% of what you're doing is you're tracking sign, a sign on the ground of being blood or being tracks or that is the only way that we have to track deer is through basic, basic knowledge of tracking deer and what they do and the sign that we find on the ground. So I would say the, the hardest deer for us to track is when you come into a situation to where the, the hunter has been hunting, like myself, for many, many years and tracked a lot of deer, and you come in there with a dog, and they try to guide you on what they think the situation is, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yep. So what do you do in that We've, situation? Uh, well, I mean, when I come in and interview a hunter, a lot of times, like you were saying earlier, a hunter's hunter thinks that they hit the deer way better than they actually hit the deer. So I take all the information that the hunter gives me, make, an assess, making, make my assessment on that situation. A lot of what I go by is what the deer's reaction was. So if the hunter can tell me how the deer reacted to the actual hit, that tells me as much as what the hunter saw. So I, but going by that and the length of the blood trail, the, the color of the blood, the, uh, a lot of things go into a play, but, uh, first and foremost, I, I track deer for hunters, regardless on what I think or what the reaction of the animal is. I, I take all this information to basically come in, set the dog, start the dog and work the dog through it. If that makes sense. Yep, exactly. So if you ever, I know it's, a, I mean, you're talking about you know, track any wounded animals. So has there ever been a chance, a time when your dog came up that you were worried for the safety of the dog, that the animal was still alive and, you know, has any of the bucks ever, you know, gotten up and tried to charge your dog? With Burke? So Burke's a, he's a fairly large breed dog. He's what they call a drothar. So the drothar, Burke walks around at about 75 pounds, very athletic, and uh, we did come into several situations where the deer is alive. So one of the ones that's most memorable to me is a, uh, a friend of mine called me, shot a nice buck with a crossbow, and the deer quartered to him that the arrow went through from the left side, and actually he thought it exited out the uh, guts. So we, uh, we come in about 14, 15 hours after the hit, put the dog on the, uh, the deer, the deer line where he saw it and we only had three drops of blood on the ground so that only told us the direction that the deer had gone in so the area that we were actually tracking in was it was a managed area so he had huge cuts he had trees that were down very thick area thick brush so we first come in on it and the uh the buck that he had shot was chasing a hot doe so we we come in Made our situation, set the dog in. I set Burke on track, and Burke runs up through, and he makes a hard right. We go down a hill into a swampy area, and a deer jumps up in front of us. Nice buck takes off running, but the deer was not wounded. So I told I pulled Burke off, and at that point, realized once the deer got up and ran the way it did, there was no way we were going to catch it. So I pulled Burke, and we went back to the hit site, and Taylor and I talked about it. And what had happened is we what we believe that happened is the doe that he is his deer was chasing several other buck since that 18 17 18 hours several other buck had been also come through trailing the same doe so now what we had is a situation to where his deer was chasing the doe 
he shot it, his deer went off. Well, that doe continued on, but three, four, five different other mature bucks had also come through on that doe afterwards. Yeah. Yep. So what, what I did is I restarted Burke on that track. He went down, went a different direction, went a ways. We didn't see any sign. I pulled him, brought him back. So the, about the third time through, Burke, come, Burke came through and he took a different track. He went up the hill and down into a little bit of a soup bowl where there was a bunch of downed trees. And as we were standing there, Burke made us loop around and his body posture changed. So he went from being interested, but he was doing his thing, to his body tensioned up. He picked his head in the air, which once he picks his head up, tells me he's no longer tracking from the ground. He's tracking an air scent. When he's tracking an air scent, I mean, the, the animal's generally fairly close to us or has been fairly close to us. and He's able to smell the, the scent in the air. So what had happened is Burke stayed tight to me, and he, had, he has a 30-foot lead on him. So as he was tight to me, we come around a big down tree. He comes around the side, and there laid that deer. Well, as soon as Burke saw the deer, the deer was probably 15 feet from us, and this deer explodes up out of his bed, and Burke had enough time to where the deer stood up Burke had engaged the deer. So Burke hit the deer with full force and took the deer back off from its feet, and the deer went to the ground. At this point, it was a 100, I would say 125-inch, nine-point deer. So as the deer gets knocked to the ground, he spins his body around, tucks his front legs, and he's trying to ram his horns through the dog. Fortunately for me, Burke was able to sidestep the deer, and every time the deer went to get up, Burke would re-engage and knock the deer down. So, and again, being in New York State, I'm, I have the ability to track at night, and I have the ability to dispatch the deer at night with a rifle. That's one of the benefits of New York State's laws. So while all this is going on, I'm getting my gun out. I got my gun loaded. Finally, I pulled Burke back, and I stepped into the deer, and I was able to put the dispatch shot in the deer, and the deer still had the ability to take off 30, 40 yards before he collapsed. So... Uh, that that there was probably the most intense moment of tracking a deer that was alive with Berg. Mm. That would be intense. I mean, you're sitting there, you know, the live. You're worried because I had a dog. It got gored by a deer, and he was lucky. He lived. One missed. At one time, missed his spine, and the other missed and it went into his abdomen. Um, it wasn't good, but uh, you know, it's always a danger when you're going out there like that. I mean, those deer, they're strong animals. Um, very strong. So to uh, to put it in perspective, that deer, when my my friend had shot that deer, he shot it with a crossbow. It had gone through, went through one lung, went through the liver, went through the paunch area, and broke the deer's rear leg on the opposite side. So that deer got took that kind of an arrow, and the arrow was still in the deer. The deer went out and laid down about 175, 180 yards from where he was shot. He laid there for 18 hours. And when we got in there, he was still able to get up and fight the dog. And still, after I finally pulled the dog off and I shot him again, he was still able to run away. That's how rugged these animals are. That's amazing, isn't it? Holy mackerel. After 18 hours amazing. later, you know that he's going to get yeah. sick and die or the coyotes are going to take him down. But it's amazing what you're right, what they can withstand. And that's why you see cars, when they hit them, they get demolished. I mean, they're just a solid animal. Um, what would you summarize this last season of tracking? How many times out and, and your success rate? So this last season, we actually, uh, since I've had Burke, we'll back it up a little bit. Since I had Burke, I, uh, I also have two other new dogs. I purchased another dog this year. It's a Tackle. 
Dutch hand, they, uh, they're like a Dotson. So that's, they're small. They're easy to, uh, to carry around. I mean, they're just a, an all around fun dog, but they have a phenomenal drive for recovering big game. But, uh, this year when that would be my female is Bren. And then we acquired Boone, our male after season was over. So now I have the three tracking dogs, Burke, Bren and Boone. So this was Bren's first year of actually getting out and she did an absolute phenomenal job. She recovered 13, uh, dead, dead deer. And I believe we were on 28 tracks. So overall this year with the bloodhound, cause my, my friend and I also tracked with the bloodhound. With the Bloodhound and Burke and the two, actually the single tackle because Boone wasn't old enough to go out this year. We did 82, I believe, 82 overall tracks, and we had over 70. Yeah, we had close to, well, with my friend and I both, we had over 70 recoveries, and uh, we we had a phenomenal year. I mean, it's we were busy for sure. That right there just goes and show you the importance and success of using a dog to retract, you know, to track down your deer and find it because, you know, out here in Iowa, of course, you know, it's the, the respected state. Everybody comes out here from all over. We get them here that, that stay with us. They're wanting to, you know, they're from Michigan, Wisconsin, from all over uh, Missouri. So people come up and, you know, they're here to, they got that coveted Iowa tag and, and uh, nothing heart, you know, heartbreaking than to hear guys. And it happens so much, especially with a bow that, you hear guys shooting uh, deer and not finding them, and you know, and and I would say that the average guy is is probably below par in tracking, and it either doesn't have the patience or just doesn't have the sense of direction for it. And I I am a big advocate um, of the dog use, and I think that uh, you know God made these critters and gave them the sense and everything they have, and I think that is, you know, I would love. I'm so glad to see guys that you've got you know, retrieved 70 deer or 70 some deer for guys that probably on their own would might not even record, you know, recovered a 10th of that on their own. And uh, so that, you know, it's an animal doesn't lay out there and waste. And plus it helps bring the success to it. And um, I've always out here in Iowa thought it would be a great thing to have. Would uh, you notice a difference if, you know, if you're looking, you've got three different types of breeds of dogs and could you tell me why you got the three different? And is one seem to be better than the other in the breed? Well, as far as the uh, the breed, so as far as scent, scent side of it goes, you have your bloodhounds, which is the top of the food chain. A bloodhound, they have, as far as scent receptors go, they have about 300 to 325 million scent receptors. So it, they are like I said, the top of the food chain, a human being has about 5 million scent receptors. So that kind of gives you an idea of how well a dog can smell. The teckles, they have about 125 to 175 million scent receptors. That's what they smell with. The, the difference between the bloodhound and the tackle is size, the style of tracking. There's a lot of things that go into it. If, if you're looking for a dog that's easy to take care of in a home, a bloodhound can be a little bit challenging. They have, you know, they're a very large dog. They average size between 90 and 120 pounds. Uh, tackle, the Dutch hound are about, I would say, 14 to 25 pounds. That's the difference of the two. They both are phenomenal animals as far as recovering deer or bear. I mean, we do anything big game in New York State is uh, we track for. 
the uh, temperament, the uh, there's a lot of different things that go into it. There's there's so many different breeds out there that you can use to track deer. It all depends on what what fits your style and what you're comfortable with. Do you track bear? Have you tracked bear? That's what. That's a good interesting point. We have never talked about that. Now that seems like that would be dangerous. Have you? Uh... I've tracked several bear. They. Uh, it does. It is absolutely. If uh, you think deer go through some harsh, nasty environment, bear are ten times worse. Wow. And then you're going through there with an animal that's going, it has a bad attitude anyway. He's a pit bull on steroids, <laughs> and then he's wounded. I mean, you know, there's a, a chance there your dog could really get ser- seriously hurt. Yeah, there's been a few situations that I've been into that they'll definitely uh, make you cautious. That's for sure. Especially when you have, we had one situation where we had trail cam pictures of the deer, or the sorry, the bear that was in front of us, and it looked to be between I would say a three and four hundred pound bear. Big one. We tracked it down. Yeah, it was a good sized bear, and we tracked it down through a uh, a creek line. Went on the other side of the creek line, and it went up into some swale grass. And the swale grass was chest high, and there was tunnels through it that, that the animals had used. And I I had the dog in front of me. I short leaved the dog at about fifteen feet, and I still couldn't see the dog. And you're going through there, and there's blood on the ground. There's sign, you know, the bear had been in there, and it was all fresh. The water was still splashed up on the rocks. We crossed the, the bank, and fortunately, the bear had had expired in front of us. But it could have been a bad situation for the dog and me. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely, uh, definitely different than tracking a deer. But I would say it, that your heart real. level, your heart level, and your throat is definitely got to be when you, especially when you know you're getting close. That would. Uh, yes. Do they ever have competitions for uh, this dog tracking? I have never been in any competitions for dog tracking, no. Oh, I wonder if they have it because they you definitely know, have. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, you know, they have field trials for labs and stuff like that. And I thought, wow, kind of a cool thing to have a, uh, a, a field tracking contest with dogs going through multiple scenarios and stuff. They do have uh, the, the UBT, which is United Blood Tracking. They have def- several different uh, qualifications that you can go through with your dog to become qualified for tracking. So Bren and Boone will absolutely be going through the, uh, the UBT certifications. And again, that's just making makes you a, a better tracker to go through and, and work with these people. It's, it's a great organization. Well, if somebody out there listening and, and, and was interested in getting their dog, uh, thinking about doing something like this, how do you train for blood tracking? So I start with uh, drags. So I, throughout the hunting season, especially for the, uh, the deer that I track, the youth events that I do, I collect as much of the, uh, the, the deer as I can. I collect the blood, I collect the livers, I collect the hooves, I collect hides. So, and I have a freezer that I keep everything in for actual training on the, uh, the off season. So what I'll do is I'll take a piece of hide and a rope and I will soak the, the hide in blood and I will do a short track when the dog is, when the puppies first start in. So with that, you put a lot of scent on the ground and you give them the ability to find the, the hide at the end. 
what I found works really well is at the end, if you can hang the hide or suspend it to where the puppy can get to it and pull on it and tug on it, it becomes a game, becomes fun, and you have a lot of treats. And with that is how I start. And from that, you just lengthen the, the, the line out. You can put in turns. But the uh, most important thing is to always make it positive for your dog. You don't ever want to get frustrated with a dog if it doesn't do exactly what you want. You always got to make that ending a positive ending. I always use the high-quality treats at the end to give just a little more of a a positive feedback at the end. Mm. Kind of like in that training with the waterfowl. You know, we always want to be a, a positive with them and not a negative. You always want to end on a positive. I like that. How long would you say, yeah. uh, could you train a dog if just like two or three months in the summer and he'd be, you think he'd be ready for that fall? Well, every time your dog goes out on a, a real track, they're going to learn something. You can't, you can only train them so much by running synthetic trails because it's, it's a synthetic trail. There'll always be a little bit of human scent left over and eventually it gets to a point to where your dog is better than you are, especially with the, uh, the bloodhounds, they'll get bored at the tracks because they're so easy to find. So once you get into, once your dog establishes what it's doing and it kind of has an idea that it's tracking a wounded animal, every time you take it out, it's going to learn that little bit of information to make it a better, better tracking dog. So throughout the first season, you can never expect too much. You got to take your dog out. You got to make it positive. You got to make it enjoyable, but you got to let your dog track deer. You can't have the expectations that you're going to train a puppy for four, five, six months in the summer and then take it out and it's going to find every single deer. What you're going to find is your, your puppy's going to go out and it's going to track deer. It's going to find some, it's going to, it's going to lose some, but it's going to learn every time it's out. It only gets better. Do you use your dogs for uh, looking for sheds at all? I do not. So the, the biggest reason that Burke doesn't do as much tracking as he used to is because Burke has so many things that Burke loves to do. So tracking deer is actually, a, it's a very easy thing for Burke to do, and he gets bored with it. He would much rather waterfall hunt. He would rather chase pheasants and rabbits than he would tracking deer. So with him, to take him out over and over and over again to track a deer, he'll become bored and he'll start tracking other things. With right. the tackles, that's what they do. And with the tackles, that's all I'm doing with them is tracking deer for the first few years. So that is their main enjoyment. That's what they want to do. That's only what they want to do. Well, the truth is probably known. I would say Megan's probably the driving force behind that. So what you don't know behind the scenes, she's using your clothes to for the scent for your tackle. And then when you're not coming home, she's sending him out to find you and bring you back. That's what, come on, tell the truth. No, I'll tell you a quick yeah. story on that. I had a, a Chesapeake. Uh, you, I don't think you ever got to meet Buck. Buck was Buck the Wonder Dog, man. He would do whatever I would tell him. And I had a, uh, down when I was in Erie, Michigan, we had a shop there and I had a friend stopped over and asked me, when I've done it, you know, I help a lot of people track deer and he would come over. He came over one morning. And he said, "Hey, could you help me track a buck?" I said, "Sure. Let me put stuff up here in the shop." And and uh, you know, he had bad eyesight. And he said, I "Just I, my arrow's on the ground. I'm not sure where I hit him." You know, he took off. It's thick. He took off quick. And uh, he asked me. He said, "Do you think Buck would track him?" I said, "Well, I'll tell you what. My dog will do whatever I tell him, but I can't guarantee it. But 
you know, he'll do, he'll give it the best that for me. So we go over there and I take Buck into the woods and his, there's his arrow in the ground. We get back in the woods and his arrow stuck in the ground. So I get the dog all excited and tell him what's here, what's here, what's here. And I remember running my hand up the shaft and filled my hand with the blood. And then I just rubbed it in his nozzle and got him all excited. And then I said, fetch him up, fetch him up. That dog took off and, and on a split, just took off, never tracked a deer in his life, took off in a split. And the guy told me, it was on a two-track. He says, if he breaks off that two-track and goes left, he's on that deer. And sure enough, Buck went there about 20 yards, 30 yards, cut off to the left and took off. And I said, well, son of a gun, he's on him. And uh, so the old man, I, he kind of stayed behind me, but I got up behind Buck and was watching him. And he got to one spot where he stopped and did a big circle and then picked up. And, and I would say Buck found that buck in five minutes you know, if that long, might not have been that long, which the old man couldn't find. He kept swinging out and stuff. And that was his first attempt of it. And, um, I don't know if it's just cause it was a, a connection him and I had, then he truly knew when I said, fetch that up and how in the heck they can determine a deer's track and which way he went. God only knows, but I know that I'm, I'm batting a thousand on tracking deer with a dog. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is truly amazing on how a dog can track a deer. So a lot of times, especially with the older, more mature tracking dogs, they when you hit a, a deer, it has glands, uh, interdigital glands in its feet, and they have a waxy substance. That's how the dog can actually track the deer beyond the blood. So when you bring your dog in and you establish the hit site, you establish your dog where the, the animal was hit, the dog will start tracking it off the blood or off the foot. And once they get going, even if the blood stops, the dog can still track that gland. That individual foot. Or, yes. Wow. Every, every one of those, every deer has its own scent. It's almost like a fingerprint to the deer. So even if that deer runs with 15 other deer, once that dog can establish that that is the deer and that is the smell of that deer, the dog has zero problems trailing that deer. Totally amazing. Totally amazing. Yeah. Well, that is. I've seen some. I've seen some tracks with the dogs that are absolute. Me being, I've tracked deer for thirty some years, and I always thought I was good. But you put yourself with one of these dogs that has an experience behind it. It's amazing on what you will see, and you you can see why so many people do lose their deer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, paunch hit deer is one of the easiest deer to recover for a dog. They the the amount of scent that they leave on the ground is amazing for a dog to find so a lot of the a lot of the paunch head deer as long as you don't track your deer we will find your deer within 250 to 300 yards you know that is yeah we tracked that's a, that's a great point you just brought up there so you know the paunch deer is actually for a dog is an easier what would be the type of hit with, that you find is the hardest for the dog to find so the hardest ones are the high hits the shoulder hits they, uh, a lot of times, like I said earlier, they don't expire. It, does, it doesn't actually kill the deer. But some situations you'll run into where if it does kill the deer, you're chasing the deer a long ways. A lot of times we run into with the uh, high shoulder hits, the high, the high hits altogether is, I would say, 55 60% of the time that is going to take us to dispatch the deer. The deer's not dead, okay. not a fatal hit. As far as fatal hits, I would say the hardest recovery is a single lock. Everybody thinks because they uh, 
a, a single lung on a deer, that the deer is going to die immediately. And that's generally not the case. I agree with a, that. A single lung hit deer can last months after yeah. they're hit and still yeah. be alive. They're tough, too. And a lot of people don't understand that it's a diaphragm that goes in and out. And it depends whether you hit that diaphragm coming down or expanding out, you know, to really tear through the, uh, the tissue of that diaphragm. But uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us of uh, you think it's important with the dogs? Well, as far as a uh, deer recovery, the best thing you can do is, A, is when you're tracking your deer, if you're not 100% on your shot, when you track your deer, stay out of the blood. Try not to step in the blood when you're tracking it because the minute you step on that deer track coming in, and if you... So let's, let's, let's make a scenario this way. If you're tracking your deer and you're stepping in the blood while you're tracking the deer and you come to a point to where you, you've lost blood, at that point right there, if you are somebody that would use a dog, you should, A, mark your last blood, take the same trail out, or if there's multiples of you, everybody takes the same trail out. The wow. situations that we run into that make it difficult for us to track a, a deer that's been wounded is when you have three or four guys come in to track their big buck because they're, I mean, it's a lot more enjoyable to track your deer with your friends. And then I always encourage people to have fun, enjoy what you're doing. But once you track through with that deer with your friend, everybody has that blood and scent on their feet. So when you hit the end of that track, everybody starts fanning out to look for more blood, to look for maybe the deer bedded up. Well, what you're doing is you're creating synthetic trails that our dogs have to work through. Pretty much contaminating the area, huh? Exactly. They contaminate the area. And once you run into that situation with a dog, you're more experienced. Your dogs that have been doing it four or five years, they can absolutely work through that. You get these dogs that are puppies, they definitely will struggle. I mean, they'll, they will follow you everywhere. So if I can, one thought there is if you can come in and you are going to take all your friends, when you come in, you take the same trail out, you mark your trail out like you mark the trail in, whether you use Onyx or hunt stand or whatnot so we know which way you go so we can pull our dogs off and bring them back but uh the the time is time is of the essence as far as that goes when you're tracking your deer the way we always say it is dead deer don't go anywhere if you can allow your deer to lay a little longer your odds of finding it are are way better yeah patience again that thing of word patience comes up again well i'll tell you what um one thing that was surprising when i talked to you last year um, well, Diane just brought up another good point before I get there. It says, what about rain? That is a great question, honey. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Does so rain, rain does not bother the dogs. So all, I mean, 90% of the time is if everything's done right and it rains, the rain will enhance the track. So one of the, uh, we had a bloodhound out on a track. It was 36 hours old. It had rained overnight. It had snowed the following day. The snow had melted off. It rained again. We brought the bloodhound in. And the uh, the shot was a 30-06. They shot at the deer twice. They tracked good blood for about seven, 800 yards and lost it. So we brought the dog in. We started where they hit. The dog tracked it down. We tracked in about, I would say, 900 to 1,000 yards into the track. The uh, the dog stayed in one area for a long a long period of time. And from there, it went out. So as we were tracking this deer, the hunters were, it was hunting season still. It was during daytime hours. So the hunters were actually the ones that were carrying the guns. We didn't have a, a gun with us at this point. 
This dog at 36 hours old, after the rain, after the snow, and it had rained again, tracked this deer for just under two miles into a uh, thicket, and we kicked the deer up. The deer was still alive, and the deer ran off. So the hunters had pretty much given up on the dog at this point, but uh, that's how well those dogs can find scent even after the rain. That is truly amazing. Oh, my gosh. But let me... How can it say if in New York or in Iowa, and, and, and I know the answer because you told me, and I never knew that this existed, but say, what is the best way if the guy hits a deer, he doesn't have a friend that has a dog, where can they go? What is a website or is there websites that they can look in each state to find that it has a list of these dog trailers? Yes. The best website for that is uh, United Blood Trackers. If you go to your, Computer search and put it in unitedbloodtrackers.org in your state. It'll actually come up with a find a tracker, and you can put in your zip code or your town, and it'll show you all the trackers that are closest to you from there all the way out. They uh, they have done that site right. If you're looking for a tracker, that's the place to go. Yeah, I didn't know that till you told me a couple of years ago about that, and it is absolutely true. Come to find out, one of the trackers on the site here where I live was our mailman, and uh, then him and I got talking all the time, and he was telling me that, you know, and I didn't realize, but how busy he was and how far behind, you know, he, that there was actually, he was getting so many calls that he couldn't keep up. Yes, you can, uh, we can tell when the rut kicks in with tracking dogs. Yeah, I There's bet. The, uh, when the when the rut kicks in, it's not uncommon for us to get between 30 and 40 calls a day. Wow. <clears throat> So yeah, we're us as trackers, we definitely get overwhelmed. That's when the uh, the interviewing process really becomes more picky. And we try to geographically line up tracks in the same area. That way, we can go to one area and do three or four tracks rather than driving 35 miles one way and 45 miles the other to try to uh, get as many as possible. Wow! I'll tell you what, buddy. What a wealth of information. And um... The only thing that would be better than that, you could tell me who's going to win the Super Bowl tonight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's definitely going to be up in the air, right? <laughs> yeah. Or really, who cares? My team's not in there. But, man, I tell you what, again, Jason, I appreciate you uh, sharing your wealth of information. This is truly, um, you know, there's a lot of guys. That, and we're, we're, like I said, we're in a state of, of uh, deer hunters and the big buck hunters and you know, the horror stories you hear every year of guys not finding the deer and, you know, so many guys who give up. If they, if they don't find that deer within 100, you know, maybe 50 yards and or find the blood. I mean, so many guys give up. I didn't get it. And um, and it isn't just, uh, get me wrong, it's just not bow. I mean, you find it during the shotgun season. I probably find more dead deer searching around during the shotgun season because of driving and guys shooting running deer, um, you know, not putting fatal shots. But there's a lot out there, and you know, and our job as sportsmen and as as actually, you know, men of uh, of honor and men with morals is to give your best effort in, in retrieving these animals. You know that, that they're special. We're blessed to be able to hunt these things and to have these critters around. So I surely, uh, Diane and I surely appreciate you spending your time and your expertise expertise with us. And uh, folks, if you ever have a chance, Jason, what was the website if uh, someone in the state of New York needed to find a deer? DeerMountainTracking.com is one for. The, we're in the Finger Lakes area. If you're uh, if you're in need of a tractor, that's a good place to start as well. 
And Finger Lakes, I'll tell you what, one beautiful area. Good for waterfowl, deer, and everything. I love that area. It's just uh, I can't afford the taxes. You know, up people, that, you know, <laughs> you and I had the discussion before, man. I had some great hunts in the state of New York. And it, the upper state is so beautiful, and you all get a bad rap from the city south of you. But, man, the, the taxes and everything is just so outrageous. But um, we poor people have to say here in the, in the little hills of uh, Iowa where we can afford it. But I uh, appreciate you spending time. Tell the family that Diane and I said hi, and, and uh, hopefully our paths will cross soon. Hopefully one of these days that we can get out there in the spring and hunt turkeys together and, and share some time and uh, appreciate it. And, folks, I hope you appreciated this, this wealth of knowledge. And any of you out there looking to get into dog tracking, I tell you right now, um, Jason's done the work. He, it's, he's the hardest worker I know out there. And, um, you know, put in the time and subscribe to this podcast if you like it. And uh, it's on nine different servers. And, folks, when you always remember when you're out there in the woods, in God's woods, you always remember hunt safe, hunt smart. And may the good Lord be your guide. I'll be out there, rain is shining, all a part of the great design. Bring it on, I can never get enough, because that's what legends are made of.